Welcome to an experience far from others. An audio medium unlike anything you've ever heard before. The pinnacle of sound experience. Jacked and canned. Featuring John Tessman and Colby Tyler. A place where you will get the information you crave and hear about the topics that you love. Presented by themselves. Coming to you from the basement, bar, and the bedroom. Sponsored by no one. Jack and Cand. Ladies and gentlemen of the clergy, may I have the pleasure to introduce to you the world-renowned football advocate of the world, Mr. Chobano. <laughs> hey, John. How you doing? What's up, bud? <laughs> up, Cole? <laughs> yes, the buildup. John's a little riled up. He's getting to see some old friends tonight. Heck yeah, man. They flew in over, uh, well, Thanksgiving week is here. And we got a special Thanksgiving episode coming out as well there are too yeah. many episodes <laughs> so yeah i'll give the audience a little perspective here so we're actually doing the football episode tonight and we're going to do our normal episode we're going to record it on actual thanksgiving morning is how that's going to roll it's going to be a thanksgiving special it's going to be a fun time but because of our schedules this week and since thanksgiving obviously creates a lot of havoc these were like the only two time frames we had and we have less time tonight so we figured we'd knock out the football episode since it's shorter thanksgiving morning we got all morning so me and john are just gonna sit down and talk and that's how we're gonna start our day oh yeah man i'm excited dude you can you can have a nice cold one i'm gonna be having a nice cold mimosa in the morning maybe we'll start up at about 9 9 30 in the morning i think it's kind of cool to Get up nice and early and record a pod, something a little bit different to sell. Well, I think it's going to sound better. I honestly think it'll sound better for us because I think that, well, at least for me, I'm more alert and ready to go in the morning. By the time we get to recording these things at like 10 p.m., I'm shot. You can probably tell that I have more energy in me right now just because it's still only, what is it, 6.30? I think it's only 6.30, yeah. Yeah, so I still, I'm coming off the heels of work. I'm still feeling pretty energized. I haven't been sitting here drinking beer and playing Madden for the last three hours yet. So me, <laughs> me and John are both feeling pretty good. So John, with that said, we're going to get into our football episode where we always like to start. We're going to get in with the power rankings. You ready for this, John? I am ready for it. A lot more changes, I'm guessing, but we'll see. Yeah, there's a lot of movement here. The one place that I want to start is that I feel a little more confident now with that 8-14 to 14 range, being that I am pretty confident in saying that the Dolphins, the Cardinals, and the Raiders, I can safely say are the bottom three of that 8-14. through 14. So they are the 12, 13, and 14. Honorable mention this week, and they very well may find themselves in the top 10 next week, depending on how the week goes the Indianapolis Colts. I know they just beat Green Bay and people are going to have them. I didn't even look at ESPN and NFL yet today, but I'm sure that they probably have them in their top 10. I'm not going there yet. I still want to see another couple weeks of the Colts just because they they have a little bit of that. I don't know what Phillip Rivers is going to do factor. He's aging and I'm not sure what I'm getting, so I don't want to put my faith behind him. Although 
I guess I should say that I do because I like Philip Rivers, but I don't like what I've seen from him for the last, we'll call it about three years. So number 10, John, with the biggest slide in the rankings, the Baltimore Ravens. Last week, they were number four. Now they are number 10. I've been waiting all season for the Ravens to turn it on and just go, ha ha, we've been kidding. This isn't actually what we do. We're better than this, but they're not doing it. So at this point, I have to reserve my reserve my reservations. I have to take back. Yeah, we'll go with that. We're going to have to take hold with the Ravens because I have a feeling that they're just going to be this kind of team that's going to be 10 and six and not really a threat in the playoffs until they show me something differently. Lamar Jackson looks like a different version than what we saw last year. The run game's still effective, but not nearly to the extent that it was a year ago. And granted, part of that is that they're trying to keep Lamar from running it himself as much because they have a franchise quarterback that they don't want to get hurt. But it is impacting what their offense is capable of doing. Defensively, they look about the same, maybe a hair less, but I'm not too worried about the defense. It's just that the offense looks relatively stagnant, and I don't think that we're going to see an improvement just happen overnight. Going to move on to number nine, John, the Tampa Bay Bucks. So the Bucks are somewhat erratic. We don't know 100% what we're doing here. And although I think they might be better than this particular spot, they did lose this last week, and I feel that we have to give the credit where the credit is due. So I wanted to make sure that some of the teams that showed up and played and got a victory last week, that they got moved up. But I think Tampa will ultimately be higher than this by the way that they've played so far this season. Again, your boy Antonio Brown, he caught eight passes this last game. Yeah. So they're they're moving. They're trending in the right direction. Mike Evans is a monster. That guy, I would be terrified of a if I was a defensive um, defensive back in today's NFL, I would be <laughs> terrified of Mike Evans. I see this is the problem, John. I haven't had enough beer yet, so I'm gonna sit here and kind of slur over myself because I'm not used to being this level of sober. <laughs> Number eight, John. Tennessee Titans. So the Titans, again, and I've said it week after week, they provide efficiency and Derrick Henry. If I was a linebacker, I would be terrified of Derrick Henry. Oh my God. He is just a monster. That's not even a man. That is a literal monster. I would not want to see that guy running towards me. If I do, I'm just going low and hoping for the best. That's all I got. I know that I have no shot at going up top with him. That guy is just made of metal and parts it's like it's kind of like Gronk in his last couple years with the Pats you you remember um John do you remember Ray Lewis his last season when he had that giant cast looking thing on his arm oh yeah he kind of looked like a robot he looked like the Fox robot and that's about what Derrick Henry looks like even without that arm thing he just looks like that naturally he looks like he is made of metal (laughs) We don't need to dive too much more into the Titans because there's not much more to say. They have an amazing running back, an efficient quarterback, and a good coaching staff. Number seven, my Seattle Seahawks. That defense is still the death of them and the lack of run game, but they do still have Russell Wilson. They keep showing that they are better than the majority of the league. They're just not Kansas City. I can't have them anywhere near them at the moment. Granted, I don't feel that I can put anybody near Kansas City right now. I think the Kansas City's in a league of their own. We're going to move on from Seattle because I have a whole Hang lot of on stuff a that I could do. DK what do you got? Metcalf, man. That pitcher online. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's ripped, just huh? Chiseled and ripped. <laughs> hey, 
Yeah, if you haven't if you haven't seen the picture yet, just go over to the uh, Facebook page for Jackson Can. It's just DK Metcalf just looking all sorts of huge, like a Decepticon, just an angry, <laughs> angry Decepticon, and uh, just flexing there. It's like, yo, did you fart, bro? DK Metcalf's like, yeah, it was me. And then just like imagine yourself just being like, ooh. Yeah, that that smells real good. That smells really good. <laughs> you don't want to get in this guy's bad side. So he is a mammoth of a man. Yeah, he's built differently. I mean, he looks like he looks like a model, but he looks like a model for athletic gear. I mean, he is yeah, he is huge and cut. So number six, Los Angeles Rams. They just beat Tampa. They're coming riding the heels of that. We're doing this, by the way, on Tuesday. I literally came up with all this right after the Monday night game ended. I sat down and did all the work so that me and John could get right in here and start recording this thing. So the point of it being, yes, the Rams are the last team that I saw, but the last two weeks they've beaten Seattle and Tampa, and they do deserve this spot here. Again, I know I've said it a lot. Jared Goff is one of the most unpredictable people as far as just what you're going to get out of him. He might go off for 450 and four touchdowns. He might go off for 450 and three picks. We don't know. And actually, I think he had a few, uh, two or three picks, I think two this last game, but it didn't really ultimately make much of a difference for him. I mean, granted, so did Brady. They both had two picks, I'm pretty sure. But Jared Goff is going to be the part of that team that makes you really worry about them because the rest of the team's pretty sound. And although. The receiving core is also phenomenal there, so it's not like Jared Goff doesn't have the weapons. It's just a matter of, is he going to be able to utilize them in the right way? Point of it being, Ram 6. Number 5, Buffalo Bills. One of the most boring teams in football with a weird quarterback that is even less consistent than Jared Goff. So Josh Allen is a total roller coaster. You have no clue what you're going to get out of him every week, but they are, they're something. There's something. Um, they've been. Go ahead, dude. The 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 reason why I like Josh Allen. Do you know what it is? Why is that, John? It's because think of his initials, J A. Ja Rule up in the house, baby. Yeah, oh holla, God. holla. Yeah, what up, Ja? What up, Ja? Yeah. <laughs> Number four, Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is pissed. Number three, New Orleans Saints. <laughs> so. I'm worried about how this is going to look for them in the future for not just, I don't mean future as in like years to come. I mean, the rest of this season, Drew Brees has 11 broken ribs. So I'm pretty sure he showed up at the doctor's office and the doctor just said, well, Drew, you had ribs. I don't know where they went. So (laughs) I don't know how long that's going to keep Drew out. I keep hearing a lot of, yeah, he should be back in a few weeks, but that sounds like something that's going to take a little while to get over. And even when he does, I don't know what that looks like for him coming back. I don't know how that's going to affect his throwing motion. That's obviously a painful injury. Anybody that's had a broken rib, and granted, I never have, but anybody that has will tell you that it's one of the most painful injuries you can have outside of maybe something in your back. So I don't know what that's going to do to them. Taysom Hill looked fine in his debut as the starter, but I can't imagine that that's going to be great, especially once defenses get film on him. So Taysom Hill, obviously, in the rushing game is a whole nother component that teams have to worry about. He kind of looks like Tim Tebow running the ball, just maybe a little bit quicker and a little smaller. But 
otherwise throwing. I mean, granted, he's much more accurate than Tim Tebow, but you worry about what he's going to be able to present as far as an offensive threat from the quarterback position. Defensively, they look pretty sound, though. Uh, I would have to say that the rest of this roster looks significantly better than the majority of the rosters in the NFL. So Saints at three. Number two, Pittsburgh Steelers, 10-0. and 0. I don't trust them. They just haven't lost. <laughs> I don't trust them, but they they have not lost. I So I, I can't take them out of that spot, but I'm kind of just waiting on it at this point. Like when they eventually lose a game because they will, they're going to drop. I, this can't be a 16-0 team. It just can't be. And even if they are, they're going to get knocked out in the playoffs. But I just can't imagine that this even ends up being a 16-0 team with the way that they play. It just looks like they play down to their competition, and that can only work so well. Now, granted, there are some games this week being one of them where when they get a Jacksonville out there, they can smoke them 27-3. to But honestly, I'm not impressed that they only put up 27 on Jacksonville. Jacksonville, just so you know, is number 31 in these power rankings. They are terrible. Um, also, John, just real quick mention. So at the beginning of the year, I said the worst two teams would be Washington and Jacksonville. I have them at 29 and 31. So I didn't have the Jets being this bad, but otherwise I was pretty, pretty damn close. Yeah. Number one, Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is better than your quarterback. We we don't really need to go much further than that. I Nope. I know I don't nope. talk about him much, but I don't think I need to. I mean, I could sit here and drool over him like everybody else does on any other NFL kind of networks that you listen to. I, there's just not really much of a point. We just know he's better. And that team is significantly improved with the run game of the defense than it has been since really the second half of last year. They look phenomenal all across the board. I don't see that team losing. They are in a league of their own. I don't think that anybody is capable of beating them in all seriousness, even with the one loss they have. Regular season's a little bit different. So we're going to move on from the power rankings here, John. We're going to get into last week's picks. So, Oh, boy. So I texted John after the 1 o'clock games. At that point, I was 5-3, and three and I was really excited about it. And I said, John, I'm at 5-3 and three right now. This is looking like a good week, buddy. I'm excited to come on here and do this. John, I didn't win a game since. So, <laughs> so we ended up 7-7 seven and seven for win-loss, which is not good. We ended up 5-9 and nine for the spread, so I gave another bomb. And for the over-unders, oddly, this was my awesome week. I went 11-3. and three. Most importantly, the picks I gave you guys, another 1-4 week. super hurtful because we we really got to turn it around before i can you didn't take dallas i told you to take dallas (laughs) yeah i um i think i'm gonna have to put a little more faith in the red rifle so (laughs) what that does for us for the year win loss we are 105 52 and one spread we are 71 84 and three so we're still we're still in reaching distance there, even at 13 games down. That's something that can change quickly. And if it wasn't for the last two weeks, I mean, I was real close. I was within five games. Over-unders, we are now oddly at 74, 76, and 4, hence where you can change quickly. So I'm still a little under 500 there, but in just two weeks of having an 8 and 6 and 11 and 3 week, 
I have now almost gotten back the 500 after having a pretty bad year for the most part. But for the picks I've given you guys, we are 20, 34, and 1. So we got some work to do, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But, John, something that I found going through some paperwork is I found my picks from last year, so I can tell you how it ended last year to give you an idea here. So for win-loss, for win-loss last year, just to put this into some sort of context, we went 114, 60, and 2. And I I had done the math out on it that that came out to 65.5%. So I like to be a little closer to 70, but I'll take that. For spread, I ended up dead even at 50 at 84, 84, and 8. And that was only because in week 17, I had a 5 and 10 week. I had been up all season, but I was just close enough that I lost it on the last week to go to 50%. Over-unders, we went 79, 80, and 2, so we were down by a game. Oh, I take it back. I take it back. That was the second to last week. The last week, I was 85, 89, and 2, so I ended up being four games under. Now, for the picks that I put money on last year, and granted, I wasn't doing five a week. I was doing a lot less. I've already picked more games this year than I did last year, but we went 23, 11, and 1 bringing us to 67.6%. So that is what I want to get back because this means that I'm just losing my money now and I am upset about it. So John, we got the picks for this week. Who do you got, man? What do you got? Time for redemption. Redeem yourself. All right. First game we're giving you guys. This is a big one. Do not underestimate me here. We got Baltimore at Pittsburgh. I got Baltimore plus four and a half. I think that they went outright, and this is going to be Pittsburgh's first loss because Baltimore is going to, they're going to be in actually a pretty tough spot if they end up being six and five. They're as of now, like in the thick of the playoff race, they need this win. Pittsburgh's 10 and 0, and Pittsburgh's looked shaky for a long time. It's been weeks since I've seen Pittsburgh actually look good. I think probably the last time they played Baltimore. Pittsburgh already got the one on them. I don't see them going 2-0 against Baltimore. I got Baltimore plus 4.5 this week, and this one I feel really good about. So that's going to be my balls-to-the-wall guess right there, and I know I didn't break down any sort of numbers for you. That's because I haven't had time. We're doing this again on Tuesday. I haven't had time to actually go through and research anything to say, okay, this will influence picks. I'm going to do that for the picks that I couldn't just look at and make a decision. The second game, we got the Las Vegas Raiders minus three at Atlanta. So I am liking Vegas here. I think that they too cannot afford to lose this game. And Atlanta has too bad of a defense to really be able to keep up with what Las Vegas is putting on the table. They almost toppled the Chiefs for a second time this last week, and I have to think that they're going to be able to go into Atlanta and just absolutely rip them into pieces. Matt Ryan and the Falcons looked really bad this last week, and I think we're going to continue to just see them kind of get out of here now, maybe have another couple games somewhere later in the year that they surprise us, but this isn't going to be one of them. Third game, and I hate this game. God, I hate this game. We got the Giants at the Bengals. Giants are minus five and a half. Giants are minus five and a half, and I've got the Giants. The Bengals now without Joe Burrow 
they're going to Ryan Finley. I <clears throat> they're they're now a bad team with a bad quarterback. <laughs> I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Come on, Finley. Come on, Finley. It's, don't be hopeful. I'm sick of you being hopeful. <laughs> Fourth pick we got this week. We got Tennessee at Indianapolis. Indies minus four. I'm taking Tennessee on the spread here. I'm not saying that they went outright. I've actually got the Colts winning the game, but I think it's going to be closer than four. Tennessee, although a lot of the times that a team's coming off an emotional win like they had with this overtime victory against Baltimore last week, they tend to let up. However, I think that Tennessee's a tough team, and I think the Colts have been overplaying themselves, hence why I have them outside of my top 10. They've been a little bit of an overachieving squad as far as I'm concerned. Tennessee, I think, is right about the team that they should be. And I think that we're going to see that play out, as well as the fact that this uh, this is a divisional game. Divisional games are almost always close. These aren't games that you see blowouts. And granted, yes, a six-point game is still close, and that would go in Indy's way as far as the spread goes. But I got this being a field goal or closer. And I could see this being one of the weird one- or two-point games. That's something I'm trying to do a little bit more in predicting because we do see missed extra points now that really make scores a little bit funky. Whereas in years past, you knew three was the number. Now three's not always the number. Now you might have to have the prediction of, well, a team might go for two at a random time or a team might miss an extra point, something along those lines. Now the fifth and final game that we got this week we got Chicago at Green Bay. Green Bay is minus eight. We're going Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is pissed. He just <laughs> he just lost in overtime. He is pissed. And he's going to take it out on Chicago, who is probably going to trot out Trubisky again this week or beat up Nick Foles. Either way, I do not have faith in whatever that team's going to be. So I got Green Bay here minus eight. I feel very good about that one as well. I think next to Baltimore, that's probably the one that I like best. So I feel very, very good about the picks this week, even being that we've had some struggles here lately. Sorry, Colbs, if you just saw me there, I muted myself, but I got a little excited because from this week here uh, going on in my own personal power rankings, the Dallas Cowboys won. And let me just say this. You ever hear hear of ECW, right? The old wrestling? Yes, I'm right? aware of them. Okay, so, you know, ECW, but guess what? The new chant is going to be DCW, 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 which means Dallas Cowboys win, 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 two weeks in a row. AD, Andy Dalton, back at it again, the best quarterback in the world. Thank you, Colves. John, I... Couldn't help but think to myself as you were screaming DC dubs, all I was thinking was that was like Washington DC and you're just chanting for the Redskins or the football team. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> DC Washington. DC Washington. D- so, <laughs> so I think we're gonna get it turned around nicely this week. John, do you have anything further to add? Do you want to talk for a little bit or you want to just get the hell yeah. out of here? No, I got one thing to add on here to the podcast before we go ahead and wrap it up. So obviously we saw the picture of DK Metcalf, right? And that little emoji or gif or whatever you want to call it. You see the picture of David Carr? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Looking like The Undertaker. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, if you, if you haven't seen that, definitely Google that because that is hilarious. He does. He gives off a pretty solid Undertaker. Dude, Undertaker retired. I'm just saying, Derek Carr. Uh, yeah, I mean, I he's 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 not like six eight and three hundred pounds, but I mean, he's still a pretty big guy. Hey, man. Hey, another DC dub chant, right? Derek Carr will. Derek Carr will. Derek Carr will. <laughs> we'll DC bring you dub. under the ground six feet deep. <laughs> but, Coles, that's pretty much what I wanted to bring up there, man. You got any other final thoughts or predictions over here before we wrap up the episode? Um, One thing I wanted to ask you, actually, is just a small update on your fantasy team. I won yet again another week. What's your I record? Have- Four and seven. Yep. Yep. You're welcome. I'm You're right I, in the I thick of the NFC honest. East. Hey man, I'm telling you, dude. Kalen Balage, hopeful. Guess what? He's been doing great. <laughs> you and your damn hopeful. All right, John. John hopeful works, man. John's going to dinner. We're gonna get on out of here with him and his hopeful. All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Jacked and Canned. This was Jacked and Canned. Tune in to new episodes on iTunes and check out what the boys are getting themselves into on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Jacked and Can. Presented by No One.